And we welcome you to the Wednesday Morning Show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. I am really excited to be sitting opposite a faculty colleague from Carthage College, Dr. Gerald Mast, Associate Professor of Political Science at Carthage and uh, someone who has joined us uh, on any number of occasions to talk about interesting moments in, in recent American history from a political point of view. And, of course, we are in the thick of one such incredibly interesting and important moment right now. Of course, I'm talking about the uh, impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. And uh, Professor Mast is uh, going to kind of help us understand where we are at the moment, where we have come from, what takes us to this moment, and uh, we'll also, of course, pose the question of what is likely ahead, although uh, nobody can know for absolute certain, especially now. I mean, when one thinks about the way all of this looked maybe a week and a half ago versus the way things look now, uh, the uncertainty, if anything, has has deepened still further. Uh, we'll also, if time permits, towards the end of the hour, talk a little bit about uh, the Democratic uh, race for a presidential candidate with the, the Iowa caucuses uh about a week uh, uh, ahead, and uh, again, we'll see uh, how how time permits us to explore that. But Professor uh, Gerald Mast, we welcome you back to the morning show. Thanks, Greg. It's always good to be here. Uh, first, in sort of the most bare bones sense, uh, tell us in terms of this trial, where have we been, and where are we right now? What is this next phase that we're about to enter? Um. Well, just to walk our way through the timeline, uh, the the trial opened with a debate over the rules. Uh, how, how would the, the the trial be governed, so to speak? Um, the Senate decides for itself. It has, according to to Article um, One, the sole power of impeachment, so it gets to set the rules. Um, and there was some kind of wins and losses uh, in that that opening um, round of, of 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 you know combative interaction between the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, Mitch McConnell, for the most part, I think, won. The Republicans won that round. Um, there were some some concessions that the Republicans had to, to make on on that regard. They wanted to um, compact the 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 cases. Uh, into two days um, that would go late into the night. Um, they had to concede to spreading it out over three. Uh, the, they had to concede. Um, uh, they wanted a vote to, autom- to read the House uh, case into the evidence of the trial. Um, they had to concede that that would automatically go in to, mm. to, to, the, to, to the official record. Um, and they wanted uh, the the White House pushed for a, a, a immediate kind of vote to dismiss the case without hearing um, the, the the cases. Um, they didn't have the votes for that, but they did um, win. So McConnell did have a win in um, preventing the Democratic push for uh, rules requiring testimony from uh, witnesses and and a consideration of new documents. Um, and that is consistent with the rules that the Democrats agreed to um, for the Clinton administration. So mm. um, it was not an unreasonable uh, position for the Republicans to take. It was not an unreasonable um, you know, demand on the part of the Democrats, uh, but the, the Republicans um, won that. Once the rules were settled, uh, then the, the, the trial moved to the House manager's case laying out the Democratic 
uh, well, it was purely Democratic on the, on the House, the House case against uh, or for impeachment. And then um, a little bit on, on Saturday, wrapping up um, uh, yesterday, uh, the White House legal team offered their defense. Today, uh, we begin the process of going through questions. Um, the, all of the senators are, are given a chance to submit written questions um, that the Chief Justice, John Roberts, Chief, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, who's presiding over the, the, the trial, um, will read to the, 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 the managers for the House and, and for the White House. Um, and that will go um, today and, and tomorrow. And then Friday we have um, the debate over whether or not there will be um, witnesses uh, pulled in. So that's where we're at. One thing that I was struck by was, uh, particularly at the outset, uh, the amount of, in a sense, pomp and circumstance of sort of stately, almost majestic protocol and a sense of ceremony that was a part of all this. Right. And I suspect that that is an important element uh, in, in terms of how all of this is, is viewed uh, and, 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 in a sense, received by at least some of the public. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that a lot has changed about the Senate uh, in the last uh, decade or two, um, but that hasn't. Uh, there is a heavy emphasis on ceremony uh, and ritual, and I think that those things are important because they communicate the solemnity of uh, the proceedings. It creates an air of importance, um, and, and clearly this is an important moment. Mm. I'd li- I want to give you an opportunity to uh, sum up for us as, as, as best you can. Uh, essentially, the, the case of the prosecution that was, first of all, of course, initially laid out in the uh, impeachment hearings uh, in the House, and then, of course, that same case brought before the Senate now in this trial. And then, uh, I'll, of course, also give you a chance to characterize uh, what the defense of President Trump has been. But let's begin with the case that has been brought against him and uh, maybe the most compelling elements of it. Well, the Democrats uh, on the Judiciary uh, Committee and um, uh, working on the the evidence um, assembled by the the, um, Intelligence Committee brought up two articles of impeachment, right? Um, and, the, and that the, those both passed the House uh, on a party line vote. The the first article of impeachment accuses the president of abuse of power for using the office to extort from the government of Ukraine an announcement of investigations into um, but former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden. Uh, and the company that Joe Biden's son um, uh, worked for, the Burisma Energy Company, and to announce uh, investigations into claims that the Ukrainian government was behind election interference in 2016 rather than the, um, the, the, the Russians. The article on abuse of power argues that that pressure that the president placed on the government of Ukraine uh, is a form of kind of bribery um, that would result in him getting 
something of value to him, uh, political assistance in the upcoming 2020 election by um, casting aspersions on one of his rivals <clears throat> in that election, and that this is uh, a corrupt use of the powers of the president. The, 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 the office of the president is supposed to be used to serve the interests of the people, not the occupant of the of the White House. That's one article. The other article is that um, in the setting off on an investigation into um, those alleged events, um, the, the White House refused to cooperate uh, with a lawful investigation, uh, an attempt of the ho Congress, the House of Representatives, to lawfully exercise its oversight authority under the, the Constitution. And, and, and the, in so doing, the president is obstructing uh, the Congress. That's the case, uh, and the um, the the you know I think there's reasons to kind of raise questions about about it. Um, maybe the Democrats erred uh, in some ways in how they went about that, uh, and and we can get into that if if you're interested in um, the, the 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 argument that the White House's legal defense. Um, has mustered in response um, focuses on a, a, a couple of things, right? They've attacked the process and the procedure uh, that took place in the House, arguing that the, the process denied the president um, his rights uh, as someone being accused. They've attacked the motives of the Democrats uh, as trying to overturn the, the 2016 election. They've attacked the evidence um, as uh, being hearsay or speculation on the part of people being um, uh, t testifying that this is what the president has done. They've offered an alternative um, motivation for the president uh, in uh, his interactions with Ukraine, that he's not interested in getting election help. He's interested in trying to root out corruption on the part of uh, Ukraine and uh, uh, the, the Bidens. And um, they've attacked the claim that any of this is impeachable in the first place. So um, that's the case that the, 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 the White House defense team has put forward. I would love to hear a little bit more about the, 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 the questions that have been raised about the way the Democrats went about this. Uh, and I know that one of the most vexing questions that they faced was, in a sense, how focused or how broad-based right. this right. should right. be. I mean, should we go after everything we think the president has done that we regard as potentially impeachable versus do we focus our attention on 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 a smaller list of matters uh, what are what are some of the most significant reservations that you have heard raised or maybe that even right. you have about right. the way the democrats went about this well i think um let me start out by saying that the white house defense teams criticism of the process I don't find particularly compelling, um, that the president has been denied his rights, uh, due process. In an impeachment case, it's not a, a legal trial uh, in, a, in a criminal court of law, um, so that all of the, the rights of the accused don't tr transfer over. Um, moreover, many of the, the, the accusations along that line of reasoning just simply weren't true, uh, such as the Republicans in the House being denied access to the the the, the testimony that um, was being gathered um, in secret, so to speak, um, that, that that just wasn't true. I think that there are some legitimate 
questions, not so much in terms of what they were required to do, but perhaps what they should do in order to put forward a strong case. They did focus more narrowly uh, rather than broadly on um, the president's interactions with uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky. Um, They left out other potential lines of argument. Um, The emoluments clause of the Constitution says that um, presidents may not uh, accept things of value from um, uh, from from other governments. Um, this is to prevent bribery, mm. actually. Um, and the the there are many people who have raised concerns that the president's properties, the 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 Trump Hotel in washington, d c, in for mm. instance, right, is a a, a place where because the president hasn't severed his um, uh, kind of ownership of, of that hotel, governments are able to um, curry favor, so the argument goes, with the president by spending lots and lots and lots and lots of money uh, at his properties. Um, so that the emoluments clause might have been used, um, violation of that might have been used, but they chose not to do that. Uh, the Mueller report investigating the Russian interference into the 2016 election um, identified a number of points in which the president may have been guilty of obstruction of justice, which is related but not completely the same as obstructing Congress. Um, Obstructing justice is an actual criminal law, uh, and um, uh, cases might be brought forward that the president is guilty of that. Certainly, that was um, part of uh, the last two um, impeachment um, uh, examples. So the narrowness of the, um, the 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 articles they brought forward under abuse of power is is open to debate um, for, for sure. Uh, I think you can also um, question the Democrats' decision when it comes to uh, uh, witnesses, right? So. Um, the, the Democrats on the Intelligence Committee and then the Judiciary Committee requested um, testimony from a number of people in the administration. They wanted uh, testimony from Mick Mulvaney and, and Pompeo and, and, and Bolton and so forth. And um, the White House uh, said there would be no cooperation, that we were not going to cooperate in any um, form or fashion. That moment, the Democrats were presented with a choice. They could have pushed harder. They could have taken um, the administration to court to try to compel uh, cooperation. Or they could say, okay, uh, this is obstruction. And they took chose the latter uh, mm. approach. And so in so doing, they kind of opened themselves up to um, the the arguments that the White House legal defense team is making against them in terms of, well, you're denying the, the president, um, you know, his rights as uh, w- when it comes to executive privilege. And maybe, I think that, that, that there's a, 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 a argument to be made there. I think the argument is weakened by a couple of things. One, that the president didn't actually explicitly claim executive privilege mm. uh, in his blanket refusal to cooperate. Two, um, in addition to not uh, explicitly claiming executive privilege, the, the president made no effort to delineate what exactly, where, where would exactly executive privilege go as far as um, covering it. And we know 
according to the Supreme Court in the United States versus Nixon, uh, executive privilege doesn't protect presidents um, from revealing information of, uh, related to, to, to wrongdoing or, or, mm. or criminal activity. So, um, I mean, I think that the, that the Democrats might have wanted, in hindsight, to have pushed harder for this, right, uh, f- for more testimony. Um, but they didn't. So um, those, I think, are the, the kind of the key lines of, of concern one might raise with the Democratic approach or strategy. Uh, one commentary I've heard about the way this was done in the in the House was that, uh, uh, particularly for for uh, commentators sympathetic uh, to the Democrats in the case they were trying to make against the president, appreciated the fact that so much of this was led specifically by Adam Schiff, that uh, there was also the scenario where everybody was going to perhaps be allowed to chime in with their own two cents, their own little moments in the spotlight, and this could have turned into something else very different than what it ultimately was. Yes, there's no question that when the histories of this uh, uh, historical event are written, uh, Adam Schiff will feature prominently, right? I think that he's done a pretty good job um, in terms of managing the case uh, against president. I think that the case that the Democrats have assembled is pr- pretty pretty sound. Um, but by shouldering so much of the responsibility, um, he is allow- he, that kind of allows the Republicans uh, and the, the president to kind of cast him as this kind of villain uh, mm. and personify uh, the case against the president um, with respect to abuse of power and obstruction of Congress um, as somehow kind of personalized. It's as they associate it with Schiff. And so you, by attacking Schiff's character, right, at ra- raising questions about Schiff, you, they, I think, are arguing um, th- or hoping that the, the, the case will be less persuasive. Mm. One thing I've been struck by is uh, a couple of things I've seen which have, in a sense, thrown into various people's faces some of the things they said uh how long ago is that 20 years ago 25 years ago for the when when president clinton was impeached and then went on trial going on record alan dershowitz comes to mind as saying certain things about uh you don't have to commit a crime to be uh vulnerable to impeachment versus now nobody's committed a crime here it's it's kind of interesting the way I suppose this was even true back in the day of, of the Clinton impeachment. Perhaps people could serve up what somebody said about the Nixon uh, mm-hmm. impeachment proceedings. But but it seems like what you what you say in the past can really come back to haunt you yeah. uh, in, in a way now that uh, maybe wasn't always the case to the same extent. Right. And I think that um, that with respect to... Um Things like does a crime uh, uh, is a crime required for the art- articles of, uh, uh, for, for impeachment um, in, in the case of Dershowitz. I mean that kind of undercuts the the defense's position here a bit, right? The inconsistency of it. Mm. Um, Ken Starr is another um, member of the, the 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 argument who's in a sense kind of flip flopping back and forth, uh, and the credibility of the the case is just weakened by by the inconsistency with which um, certain key members of of, of this process um, have 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 taken positions 
apparently, not in principle, but out of convenience. It, it, it just lends the, 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 the air of kind of partisanship to it. I was trying to remember, by the way, uh, I don't mean to play stump the band here, but uh, President Clinton, of course, was impeached, but he was acquitted in the Senate. And I was trying to remember at the time, was the Senate under Democratic control? And, And it was. So that so so that was not a surprise in the same way that it will not be a surprise if President Trump is acquitted in this case uh, because of his own party Correct. is in power in the Senate. Yeah, interesting. Um, so one of the one of the intriguing elements of of the defense of the president is this whole notion that all this is about is trying to undo an election that you're really unhappy about. You're trying to, in a sense, reverse the will of the people. Um, And I can certainly understand why that argument is being waged. And on the other hand, it seems like that's just restating what impeachment is. Correct. What what else is (laughs) impeachment except... Every impeachment, every potential impeachment will reverse the result of an election. That is, that is certainly as, a, as it's applied to a president. You can impeach other federal officials, but, but every president who is ever going to be impeached, right, in those moments, it will reverse an election. Right, right? so that's, that's, that's part of what this is. So in a sense, that in and of itself is, is not an argument, except if, if, if that's being done flippantly or, or without sufficient reason. Right. So, I mean, I think that, that, that uh, this is reflective of a, a particular, from my perspective, weakness of the, the, the White House's defense, and that is um, focusing purely on the politics of it rather than on the merits of the, the charges against them, right? So rather than talking about, about the why we shouldn't view the testimony of Gordon Sondland or Bill Taylor or uh, Alexander Vindman or, or um, Kurt Volker or Maria Yovanovitch. Why should we not view those, those claims that they're making as plausible? All of these people are people who are directly involved uh, on some level. All of them have raised very legitimate concerns about the behavior of the president. Why not focus on that rather than talking about Oh, this is reversing the course of the election, the results of the election. Of course, it's a result overturning the results of the election. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that 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 you know, one might ask, did they not focus on that because there's not a really good argument to be made there? Possibly. Um, in any event, uh, it seems hard to predict that that this won't eventually result in acquittal because it's hard to escape the politics of it. Right. And of course, another thing that is tricky about mounting the defense uh, is this matter of uh, he didn't do it, and even if he did do it, it's not impeachable, and this is just a witch hunt, right. and so on. I mean, it, in, in some ways, it, it seems like there's been a little bit of a lack of focus in terms of exactly what the how best, are. yeah, and exactly how best to defend this president that that has wavered quite a lot i'm not so much saying it about his official defense team as much as all of the president's allies and for that matter the president himself the the story that has been told to defend him against these charges it seems like has has wavered a fair amount 
Yeah, I, I, I think that, that the, 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 the argument that we don't really know, right, exactly what the president was doing in his interactions with, the, with President Zelensky of the Ukraine, that's increasingly hard to argue, right? I mean, I think that, that at this point, it's, it's reasonably clear that the president was pressuring the Ukrainian government to make announcements about the Bidens and about um, the, the, the DNC in the 2016 election um, in exchange for a, an official meeting right, in the White House for President Zelensky and for uh, the, the um, release of congressionally authorized and appropriated um, aid to Ukraine. Um, the question, I think, that, that really deserves more attention that is is that impeachable? Should we care? Should we care if the president right is uh, engaged in activity that will amount to soliciting involvement of a foreign government in an election? Um, or conversely, one might argue on behalf of the the, the president that um, you know the the implications for the twenty twenty elections are less germane than his concerns about corruption. Um, you know, I th that's something perhaps um, that should be focused on more than it has been. Right. It seems to me that one of the most severe points of vulnerability for the president in all this is the fact that there's very clear evidence that so much of this was about making an announcement about an investigation right. into the Bidens. Rather and than the, actually doing something. Right. I mean, if, if this was about ferreting out corruption, uh, an announcement in some ways would be counterproductive. I mean, typically when you're investigating some kind right. of corrupt, you don't shout it from the housetops that right. that's what you're going to do. And so this that seems to make this all about politics and not about ferreting out corruption. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's quite obvious that um, by doing it, in the manner that they do it, did it, if it were to come to light, clearly the conflict of interest would be um, uh, uh, raised, right? I mean, it might be. Right? Let's just assume for the sake of argument that the president really was concerned about corruption uh, and worried that, um, uh, that Ameri prominent Americans have been involved in an uh, uh, un unethical or, or unlawful activity. Um, it seems unarguable that that having the president be the point person to push this right would raise questions about well it's also kind of you know convenient for the president that the persons being investigated happen to include one of his most likely uh, uh, political um, rivals in the 2020 campaign. That's quite a coincidence, <laughs> right? And so and so right that that possible conflict of interest, real or, 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 or not, right? That, that possible conflict of interest argues for using proper channels to investigate mm -hmm. the possibility that there was corruption or crimes committed, right? And so the proper approach, right, would have been for the president to pull in the attorney general of the United States and say, hey, look, there should be some kind of investigation on our part, right, uh, into this possibility. I'm asking you as the attorney general to begin the process of looking into that 
and then making a decision on your part as the attorney general whether mm-hmm. or not official uh, investigations should commence. And I will at this point step out and let you decide on the basis of the merits of whatever it is that you find about what should happen. That's how it should have been handled, right. but wasn't, right? And so you know, this is this is in some sense consistent with the larger picture of the Trump presidency that we see, have seen so far, of a man who's very indifferent to kind of process uh, the traditions and uh, uh, norms of the the office protocol, uh, proto- proper protocol. Uh, the expectations that we have of presidents with respect to what they say, what they don't say, how they go about kinds of things. He's dismissive of all of that, right? And that's, of course, part of what uh, his base loves most about him. Yes. So for some Republicans who appreciate him, this dismissiveness of protocol, dismissiveness of norms and traditions is is more feature than bug. So this very important question uh, is going to be confronted by uh, the Senate uh, potentially in the next several days, this question about whether or not to open up this trial to more witnesses, to more documents, and and so on. Um, One of the things I wanted to be sure to ask you about are are the numbers, the poll numbers out there, which I, for one, am kind of surprised at. I mean, in in so many cases when we're talking about... uh, the political climate, we're talking about kind of 50-50. And of course, in terms of approval ratings, uh, it does not kind of split in that in that direction uh, quite so much. But I'm surprised that the numbers are, are as high as they are in terms of numbers of Americans who favor the calling of witnesses for this trial. Are you surprised by some of those numbers? Yeah, well, maybe we should just kind of point out what the numbers are. So um, right now, the, the public seems split on whether or not the president should be convicted and removed from office. The numbers in favor of that and the numbers opposed to that are really close to each other. You can find some polls in which there's a slight opposition by a point or two. You can find polls where um, there's a a slight uh, majority in favor of it. The Pew poll of earlier this month is an example of that, where there was a five or six percentage you know, margin in favor of, of removal. Um, Quinnipiac University just released a poll in which, um, you know, within a, a percent, right, of the, the, the margin was a, opposed to it. So from a statistical standpoint, we would say it's really split. It's very, very, very close. That's, we're confident that, that that's the situation. situation. But be, just as, you know, Impeachment itself is very complicated, and the current impeachment process and and the issues involved are very, very complicated. So too is the public's view of all of this, right? So aside from the kind of split character of of, of support for conviction and removal, when you ask Americans if they feel that the president um, committed a crime— um, those numbers are higher, right? So in the mid-60s is what um, the Pew poll found, uh, somewhere on the order of 65% or so, say they feel that the president either clearly or probably committed a crime. And uh, conversely, it's around, you know, in the mid-30s, uh, who, who either very definitely or probably think he didn't commit a crime. When asked what do they think about the 
likelihood that the president committed unethical uh, actions, right? It's something on the order of 70% of the Americans think he, he either clearly or probably committed unethical actions. Or acted improperly. Improperly, right. right. And only about you know, mid-20s uh, to 30% say that they think he probably didn't. So in other words, 70%, according to this poll, believe the president did something that he should not have done. Right. So. Right. So a majority of the Americans think that he probably did something he shouldn't have done, either either illegally or un- unethically. Uh, and that's what kind of also reflected in the fact that you see um, higher levels of support for uh, impeachment of the president and then lower levels of support for convicting and removing him. So there are there's a small subset of Americans who are, are think that impeachment was acceptable, but he should be not convicted uh, and removed. That taking him out of office is just going a little too far. So comparable numbers that I've seen suggest that upwards of 70% of Americans believe that witnesses should be called. Right. And, and, and again, I was a little bit surprised to see that number quite as high as it is. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me much, um, given that uh, Americans are going to conventionally understand trials to involve witnesses and, 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 and testimony and, and, and the submission of, of documents. Um, every, and I'll draw the distinction, impeachment is not the same thing as a, a, a regular legal criminal um, court case. Nonetheless, I'm, there, there are some rough parallels, and I think that many of us think about what a trial should be by, in the, in the case of impeachment, by reflecting on, well, what do we think a trial should be in, the, in the, the legal kind of conventional sense? In the conventional sense, investigators do all kinds of interviewing, gathering evidence, and so forth, and then when it arrives at the trial, the testimony, right, is entered into it. But it doesn't stop there, right? The, the other people are called in to, to testify, and, and as it emerges, new evidence can be entered into the consideration um, of the juror, jurors for um, determining the outcome of the trial. And so, you know, it's, it's certainly not a, a stretch to think that the Senate, in conducting the trial, right, should look at the process of investigation as not completely shut and closed once the House is done, but to kind of see its role as um, potentially one of supplementing uh, or, or uh, uh, f- continuing um, the investigation, w- regardless of where those, the, whatever direction those investigations might take. So yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that, that large share of Americans think that testimony is warranted. Well, and I suppose it's it's possible that uh, that some of that 70 percent, in fact, it's probably pretty certain that some of that 70 percent are not necessarily saying that because they oppose the president and want him out, that some of that 70 percent are people who desire him to be more sort of completely exonerated by this. And in a sense, right. the less this is a true and complete and thorough and fair trial. Uh, I mean, not not convicting him is not the same as exonerating him. And, and surely there are Americans who have questions about the role of the Bidens in the Ukraine in the the middle of the this this this, this past decade, right? And so um, 
it's it's not unreasonable for for uh, Republicans uh, to say, well, I kind of would like to know why Joe Biden, as vice president, was pressuring the the government of Ukraine to to um, remove its its inspector general. Uh, I would like to know why Hunter Biden, the, the son of the vice president, got this lucrative job on the board of directors for an energy company. All of those things are are you know fair game uh, and and not irrelevant right. um, to this larger question. So if by chance, and there is some possibility, I'm not sure people are saying it's likely, but it is possible that the vote will be for the calling of witnesses. So then both sides are given the opportunity to do that. And so it's not just witnesses uh, for the prosecution, so to speak, but witnesses for the defense would be called as well. I mean, it's all up to the Senate. To decide, right? So, uh, uh, you know, they could decide to to proceed in a one witness by witness basis, right? We're going to hold a vote. We'll hear testimony from this one person. Or they could, you know, expand the pool, right? And say, well, we're going to hear from this person and this person, right? Or we'll hear from a whole set of... It's totally up to the Senate itself to figure that out. Wow. And... It's interesting to think about uh, Chief Justice John Roberts and his role, which in in a few ways seems important and then in some ways seems not important at all. I mean, he's it seems like he's hamstrung by certain rules and he, he it doesn't seem like he presides over this with the same authority that a judge does in many courtroom scenarios. Right. Or is that just my right. mistaken impression? No, I think that that's fair. Uh and again, this is the 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 only the third time in American America's two hundred and forty some years of, of history that we've impeached a president. Mm. So there's not a whole lot of uh, historical record for us to go back and say, "Ah, oh, well, this is exactly what we should expect." Right. Right. Um, as the presiding officer, uh, the John Roberts has so far, you know, announced that this is going to happen next calls on, on, on certain kinds of people and so forth. Uh, he himself hasn't weighed in in a substantive way. Uh, you might say the, the, the most substantive input is to chide both the House managers and the, the White House team for getting uh, uh, to in, engaged in some ad hominem uh, uh, personal kind of cr- critical attacks with, with, with each other. Now the 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 Democrats argue um, that the the chief justice, as the presiding officer, could himself call uh, for, for witnesses, um, and that may be the case uh, unless a majority of the senators refuse to allow him to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and so ultimately they have the power now. That doesn't mean the the presiding officer is powerless. He is the chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, and so um, when he says something, right, that he, he speaks with a certain amount of legitimacy given his position, and so he has the potential to shape it in directions that he thinks it should be shaped. Um, but there's also clear incentives for him to to, to try to minimize his role on. On this, especially given Robert's kind of long-standing 
position that the courts should not be perceived in political terms because the more he shapes the direction of the court or the trial here, right, the more he's perceived as a kind of a partisan involved in it, right, because it's hard to be neutral in all of this. Mm, That it is. Uh, Do you regret that you're not teaching at the moment? You are off from Carthage this (laughs) J-term, but, I mean, it seems like this is the kind of thing that – uh, is is ripe ground for some very juicy discussions with students, and I suppose that's still possible as the it's next hard. semester. I think begins. it's hard to get students to to, to want to talk about this. Uh, oh. um, they're curious, and so you can get them to talk about it a little bit, but they're hesitant to. Many of them are to offer offer their thoughts on on this. Um, they worry about their, their, the judgment of their peers. I, struck, mm. I was struck by this um, this past semester in the fall in which there were very, very few uh, students willing to um, uh, kind of defend the president in the context of impeachment verbally in class when, when we did try to generate conversations. But in their writing with me, when their audience shrunk to just me, they were willing to defend the president and to share their, ah. their thoughts on this. Um, and so from one perspective, I felt, oh, uh, at least I, I feel a little bit gratified uh, that, yeah. that, that they viewed me as someone they could share their thoughts with. Uh, but it did, did bother me that they were less willing to share them in the larger context of their peers. They worried about their peers' judgment. Interesting. And yeah, at the moment, I think a lot of us feel that same fear. If we don't know the people we are in a room with, and sometimes even when we do, uh, it feels like uh, even the most mild sort of statement on, on a matter like this well, uh, is The, 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 the Republican charge that the Democrats were going after president and wanted to impeach him from day one is, is, is untrue. Uh, uh, certainly, we can find Democrats who argued that, right? There's a handful of them. But for the most part, the Democrats in the, in the House were very reluctant to, to, to shoulder impeachment. Um, very. And certainly Speaker Pelosi. She was in particular, particularly reluctant to do so. And, and, and when they decided to do so, they really felt compelled to do, to do so. And one of the reasons why they were reluctant to do so is because impeachment is enormously divisive, very, very polarizing. And our, our current political environment is already divisive and already polarized. And so um, this is very, very controversial and, and, and challenging and difficult. And, and it should be. Right. And, and I think that it's fair to expect you know, some, some, some bad fallout mm. f- from this in the larger political culture. Right. Which brings, of course, up the matter of, of what all this ultimately means, even apart from how it all ends, and nobody knows for certain how all of this will end, although, of course, acquittal still remains the most likely outcome in all of this, but by no means a foregone conclusion. But uh, even apart from specifically how all this plays out and ultimately culminates, then the question is of of what does this mean, and, and that's a big question, and one facet of that question is what does this mean for the Republicans uh, in particular, those who uh, very fervently are defending the president in the midst of all this, and what does this mean for the Democrats who have brought this charge against the president, and and particularly how is this playing out in the country uh, among a population, and particularly in key states that right. not too far from now are going to be voting uh, 
in the 2020 election. Yeah, there's poten- there's 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 p- potential benefits, but also peril on both sides. The 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 benefit on the Republican side is that their most partisan core supporters are um, happy and thrilled with with the the likely um, acquittal of 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 the president. Um, the but the peril there is that th- there are are plenty of people who are uneasy with the president, right? Um, and his uh, you know his his approval numbers are historically low uh, in in modern times, and so by celebrating right the the acquittal and 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 mocking the uh, the whole process, the president risks alienating those people in the middle who are are potentially persuaded um, but not and and that isn't helpful to the Republican Party for the Democrats uh, well if the president is acquitted they will have um, failed right and so failure is is always uh, going to be a challenge for any kind of political group, um, there will be acrimony and there will be finger pointing and, and second guessing and, and so forth. Um, and that will be a challenge, one that, that you know, the, the, those vying for the nomination will be kind of forced t- to deal with. Um, and then the, I guess the larger um, question of, of, of implications for me it's a kind of reversal of one of the arguments that the White House def- legal defense team has offered. And that is that this, that, that to impeach and convict this president would lower the bar for impeachment, mm. opening the door to all kinds of impeachment um, flowing. My, my concern is the reverse. Um, and, and that is that it lowers the bar for presidential behavior, our expectations of presidents, if we don't, if he's not convicted and removed from office, right? That by acquitting the president in this instance sends the signal that presidents are uh, allowed to solicit foreign involvement in in elections, that presidents are allowed to use the foreign policy apparatus to push partisan, um, you know, uh, objectives, that the president is in some sense allowed to use kind of private people to execute foreign policy. Um, and, and, and this strikes me as, as potentially dangerous um, for the republic. Mm. On that sobering note, I guess that's where we need to, uh, to finish it. And uh, I appreciate the perspective that you have uh, shared with us on, on all of this, on this really important and complicated matter. And I, I hope a few weeks down the road, as uh, things heat up on the Democratic side in terms of seeking out uh, a candidate to uh, for president in this upcoming uh, election that uh, we can have you back to uh, offer your thoughts on what's really been a lively race on that side. To my family and friends in Iowa, I will send out my encouragement to go vote yeah. next Monday. There you go. And we'll be watching uh, events there with great interest. And, and like I said, I hope it'll be possible for you to come back soon and, and, and share your thoughts on all of that. Uh, Dr. Gerald Mast, Associate Professor of Political Science at Carthage, thank you for being here today on The Morning Show. Let me take the moment to say I've been a, a, a ascended up to full professor. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get the memo on that. All right. Well, then it's just pro. Professor Gerald Mast, right. forget the associate. Uh, now I'm even more honored that you were part of the morning <laughs> show today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for having me, Greg.